Welcome to What They Never Told Us, the podcast where we explore our own personal journeys in the hopes to give you some insight into your own narrative. I'm your host, Sasha, licensed mental health counselor. And I'm your host, Crystal, licensed social worker. Yes, we are mental health professionals. However, we are not experts on anyone else but ourselves. You are the only expert on you. The information shared or discussed on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. For years, men and women have been in severe distress, wondering the answer to this question. It's been the topic of heated debates at parties and the cause of many arguments for those in intimate relationships. The age-old question stands, can men and women be friends? I'm Crystal. And I'm Sasha. And today, we're going to answer the question, can men and women be friends? (laughs) So we're stupid. Hopefully 60 minutes don't see us. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But all right. Uh, Now that we're done being silly. Uh... (laughs) time for our check-ins so Sasha how are you feeling today Mm. you know everybody so thank you for those so for those who continuously listen to the podcast know that I've been going through some fucking shit man and I for the first time in a long time feel like my normal self again I'm like oh look at you look at you Sasha you're back awesome like I'm starting to to feel a little more connected to myself um just feel at peace I also think that has to do with the fact that work um kind of died down Mm. and now I'm just out here starting to rethink my life and career choices but in like a healthy way not like oh my god I gotta do something kind of way like I'm I'm sleeping I don't feel like nervous um life is good right now and I'm going to most definitely Knock on wood, so that, you know, life doesn't laugh back at my face next week. (laughs) No, I mean, that's good news. I was actually very happy to hear that because I know it's been a stressful time. I used to feel so bad, like, maybe like I'm not sleeping and I'm like, damn, you know, because there's only so much that, you know, one person can really do to help in those types of situations. So I'm happy to hear that you're feeling a lot better. I thought that maybe I should give an update because I feel like, I don't know if it was the body image episode or maybe like an episode or two before that, that I said that I was going to start going to the gym and work. Well, not going to the gym. I said I was going to start working out um, because I, I my body was not feeling good. So I've been working out. I started off with my little Zumba you know, for 30 minutes, three times a week. And then it went into more like you know, like workout videos, like more cardio than hit. Now I'm like at the gym because I'm vaccinated. Um, so I feel a little safer going there. Yeah. And I feel good. Um, I've been eating healthier. So I just, I think my body feels better. Like, I think like emotionally there's still a lot going on, but my body doesn't feel like shit. Uh, and that that's been such a welcome shift. Uh, I'm still struggling a little bit. Like when I look in the mirror, like don't look in the mirror to see, you know, like I've never weighed myself like this entire time. I did not weigh myself, but I'm still struggling. Like when I see like a little bit of belly fat or like when I see my thighs, like to not judge um, in those situations. But overall, I think like this is 
big progress because I've only really been going, working out, going to the gym for maybe five times if I feel like it, like working out. So I, I haven't put pressure on myself in that regard. So that's been good. You know, A, I am so proud of you. And B, I do want to just point out that you have been in a different mood. I can't say if it's more positive, but it's definitely not where you were. So that's progress. And I can see it from the outside. And just shout out. Yeah. Just shout out to you for taking care of everybody because you got to take care of your insides emotionally, physically, everything like I it's it's super important. So I'm really proud of you that you stuck to it because a lot of people don't, you know, they, yeah. they have these things and they're like, no, it's OK. I, I fell off. It is what it is. Right. And I think that's why I started off slow because I was like, because what we're not going to do is try to like be a beast like how I was <laughs> back in 2013. Mm -hmm. um, like just weight training, going to the gym five to six times a week. I was like, just start off slow. Like, don't don't go. Don't try to go there. So, um, yeah, I think that's helped too. like just not putting super crazy expectations on myself. All right. So we got the health check. And now we're just going to get right back to it. So can men and women be friends? Uh, <laughs> I The short answer is yes, I do believe so. I have a lot of guy friends in my life. They have stayed in my life for years. They're still present. Uh, I have different kinds of relationships with them, but they're there. I have a lot of close guy friends. But the one that comes up immediately is my friend. I'm using, um, I'm going to use an alias for him. His name is Sean. I met Sean when I was in college. Me and Sean met, uh, we became instantaneous friends. I feel like it was meant to be. He's still in my life. And then along the like later on in the future, I also met somebody, uh, we'll call him Roberto. He is also like my brother. I love him. I hit him up. Um, I'm very close to him. I treat him the way I would family. I, I can be emotional with both of these guys. And then I also have other men in my life who I hit up and I see as like brother figures or some of them. They're a little more weirder than the than others, and some of them are a little more boundaried. <laughs> weirder in the sense that, like, you would think that how close we are would warrant something more, but it right. doesn't. Um, so I don't know how to define it. I'm just being honest. But yo, I have guy friends, and uh, I think it could be done. What about you, Boo? Yeah. So for me, uh, my short answer is also yes, because I also have a guy best friend. But I would say there's been a little bit more nuance in my life with my male friendships. Um, but before we even like move into that, I do also want to just say that this conversation is based on very like heteronormative relationships. I'm sure there'd be a lot more nuance to today's conversation if we were to bring in the LGBTQ perspective, but I'm honestly like not knowledgeable on that at all. I don't think Sasha is either, but you can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I am so not. <laughs> yeah, so I just want to be clear that we're we're talking about men and women heterosexual type of relationships. Um, just because that's been our experience. So I think that's just where we're going to ground that conversation. I just want to be clear. I don't want to make it seem like we're leaving out this crucial piece because we don't want to speak on it. It's just we're not really knowledgeable on it. Yeah. And I always say this, honestly, don't speak on something if you don't know what you're talking about. And to be quite honest with you, I don't know what I'm talking about in this room. And I'm just, I, I would love to be educated. I would love to, to learn more and I want to keep learning more and I try, 
but this is not my my expertise. This is not my lived experience. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, for me, <laughs> I do have male friends as well, um, similar to Sasha. And I think that they've ranged. So I think some of my male friends have been my friend because it's like, oh, she's pretty. I like her. I'm going to be her friend. And they kind of have an understanding that I don't see them that way. It's it's kind of like that, like the elephant in the room. It's kind of like unspoken and we're able to have a relationship. But I feel like if I were to open the door for it to be more, they would jump at that opportunity. So I will say mm. I've had those relationships with men. And I think that I've also had relationships, like I have my best friend where it's always been platonic. Like from day one, it's never been anything more than that. There's never been a conversation of it being more than that. There's never been like, well, what do you think? Or, or anything Mm. like that. And I feel we're, we say like, I love you and all of these things. And none of it has ever felt weird or wrong. It's definitely something that has been, I guess, questioned a lot, like my friendship with him, because everyone's like, oh, y'all are dating or like y'all must have something going on because you're so close. And I feel like that's the that's been a big reason why I feel like this conversation is important, because I don't think that people are used to men and women having close relationships that are platonic. And I think that for them, it, it it's always this it must be more or it can't mm-hmm. just be on this level. Um, and there's always this question about what's the true intention of the relationship that can I, I understand where the question comes from, but it can be super harmful. And I agree with you. It's it's tricky. And I think this is why it's worth having a conversation on, because I feel like a lot of us engage in this. Right. And it feels natural and it feels organic. And it's like, yeah, of course we can. But then when you really sit down and think about it, you're like, "Mm, maybe it's not. Maybe it doesn't flow the same way in a relationship where two people just would never be attracted to each other. Right. Like just as Mm. of who they are. Like so I I did a lot of research on this. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) And you're so surprised to find out a how long the research on cross-sex relationships has been going on. This is like something that they've started from the 80s. That says, I mean, I think some of it was in the 70s, but I do think that it became like a thing in the 80s, which makes sense though, because up until post-world, oh my God, I'm such a nerd. Ah, Up until post-World War II, men and women weren't working together in the same capacity that we are now, right? So if you you really think about it, like the research has to be done. Oh my God, nerding out right now. So... (laughs) So, so when I, you said post war, I'm like, girl, you really went in. I didn't even realize you went that far, but I like it. I appreciate it. Because it, it adds context. It makes sense. Because it's like, if men and women don't really have the opportunity to be in relationship with each other, because like, if you're thinking about like the 50s and stuff, like housewives, like they were home, like they were picking up the kids from school, like they were in the garden, like speaking to each other over the fence, right? Like, whereas men were the ones who were dominating in in office jobs and and things like that so where was the opportunity for them to really build Mm -hmm. on those relationships it was only like those intimate relationships like between partners or husband and wife where you could really get more in depth right so some of the it's interesting right in the way that the research evolves too or then how it manifests itself because a lot of this cross-sex relationship research has to do with sexual misconduct 
which is so interesting. It has to do with like how things could be perceived, how, you know, like body language and the way you speak to people plays on whether or not someone feels like you're imposing onto their boundaries. Mm. So I think I I actually, I I, I mean, I love that. I I did a deep dive into it and it's so interesting how these things all connect. Crystal's smiling because I have the cheesiest smile on my face and she's looking at me being happy. In my opinion, the reason that we need to talk about this is because there are a couple of things that come to mind when you think about being friends with in, between men and women. Is it biology? Because the biology mm. of both men and women get brought up. So men, apparently, their biology is that they can't look at a woman and not want to, I'm just going to say it, fuck her. Uh, you know, like they just need to just get in it for some reason. Uh, and then the biology of a woman is that women have the capacity to see relationships as platonic or to just not even give them a definition, right? Like just kind of put it in the back burner. We have that mental capacity to just, uh, mental and emotional capacity to say, I don't, I'm not attracted to you. Like I'm not physically, mentally, or emotionally attracted to you. And sometimes those boxes open back up, but men, uh, women have that capacity and apparently men don't. Right. Then I don't like that, though. Why? Because I feel like, you know, like and and maybe this is a little bit off topic and I'm not going to stray too much. But I think it it goes back to like when we're talking about biology and we're talking about like violent men. Right. Like, let's say like, Mm. oh, it's it's a man's natural instinct. Like if he's threatened to fight and it's actually no, it's not. That's more social than we think it is um and i think like this kind of oversimplifies it as if men don't have the capacity for critical thought and to stop themselves or fight their urges um because women we have those same things too and i'm not saying that obviously like when we look at biology and men you know have more testosterone and women have more estrogen like yes there are definitely like biological differences but i also feel like it's almost like a get out of jail free card it's like i'm a man i have testosterone and you know this is this is it as if you can't control those urges so I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit for two reasons, right? Because <laughs> you did state, you, and, and I agree with what you're saying, but I don't know if you realize you stated that the men, you feel like it, it gives, it's almost as if men don't have the capacity to critically think, right? So, but when, and you're right about that. And I do think that there are a lot of men who do have that capacity to critically think and not act on their instincts. The biological piece is that their natural born instincts are to do this. Right. It's instinctual. It happens automatically. And for women, it doesn't. So let's say a man has the instinct to fight. Yes. You know, kudos to him for being able to to critically think and say, I'm not going to put myself in this position because he's done some work on himself in, in regards to being introspective and, you know, really trying to figure out are, are his actions effective for him. Right. But what happens from the initial thought which is the natural piece, right? Like the biological mm-hmm. piece. Like, so this is the argument. It's not natural f- for women to feel that way, but it is right. natural for men to feel that way. So I think this is what we're talking about. Also, I remember, I don't know why I saw this documentary on, I forgot what it was. It was definitely medical. Some, it was something on medical, like a medical show. It was about somebody doing a, a sex change. And so they were first a woman and then they decided to become a man and he was taking testosterone. And the minute he started taking testosterone, this this was documented, he admitted to being blown the fuck away by how incapable he was to contain 
his initial reactions to women. And mind you, this person before they became before they decided to to make the tra- to transition, he used to date women and was super kind and never had these instincts, right? And now all of a sudden because he was on testosterone, he started feeling these like urges and and he even spoke to this piece of that me and you are talking about like, "Oh, you know, I used to think that men were full of shit, but now I relate." So it's interesting. Uh, I'm not saying you're wrong. No, no, no. And I I love love that you brought that up because I think that it does kind of talk to the biology piece. But I think that there's a difference between someone transitioning female to male who is just introducing testosterone and has to relearn how to be socialized as opposed to, I guess, men who have been men their entire life. And I guess maybe it goes back down, back to how they're socialized, right? Like the nature versus Mm -hmm. the nurture, right? Like the nature is, this is their instinct, right? Because of their biological makeup. But then what was the socialization piece? So I I will give it to you. I agree that there's, you know, based on, on what you said, that you make a very valid point. I think that men need to be socialized better. Maybe that's <laughs> you know I agree with you and this this goes this goes back to the whole nature versus nurture debate where is it just biology is it just the way we are socialized is it a little bit of both right mm-hmm. because that's the other argument right like men could men and women could be socialized to just be friends right so men are socialized to just conquer whatever it is that is a woman and if they're attracted to it they're attracted to it right and then they're going to just jump on it right. Women are socialized to say, no, I'm going to play coy. I'm going to be this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to play hard to get like this is this is a cultural piece that we do have to take into consideration. So I I agree agree. with you. I do wonder what it would look like if men were taught at an early age to see women as just friends and not these like sexual conquests. Right. Like, would we be able to have more platonic relationships? Right. So I'd be curious. I mean, because you did the research. What are the benefits of men and women being friends? Because I feel like they're there. I, I, I think that I've I've gained a lot of insight from men. You know, like I've been socialized, very feminine and kind of, you know, like as much as I'm embarrassed to admit, plain coy and like hard to get and all of those things. Um, so what are the benefits of men and women being friends? So I'm definitely, so I don't know, I didn't go too much into this research, but there, there are a lot of like social psychology articles talk about like the overview of it. So what I got of it was you can learn a lot, you can learn a lot about how to engage with the opposite sex. So you may not be involved in a romantic relationship with this person, whether it's because you don't want to, or whether it's because they're dubbing you or they friend zoned you. Right. Uh, But regardless, you're still learning something. So you're still taking in information and you're still learning how to practice Sometimes people have opposite sex friendships while they're in a relationship and it's good practice. It's a good sounding board, right? To go, I, I've had my boys be like, yo, because you told me that I went back to my partner and was like, I love you, babe. And I was like, you should have been doing that shit all the fucking time. They're like, no, nah, but you reminded me, right? So like, I guess that's that's one of the perks. And also your future partner, your, this is practice, even if you're not getting the actual result of, you know, romantic partner. And I also think, so there are a lot of skills that I'm going to be talking about in this episode in regards to how to be intentional with these relationships, because I think that overall, that's what kept coming up for for me and, and things that I've been reading. Like I said earlier, I don't think it's, I think it's possible. Yes. My short answer is yes. But I don't think it's quite natural for men and women to just be friends without having some kind of like structure to it. So 
you know, being intentional for the sake of the friendship, for the sake of learning, and also for the sake of uh, becoming an emotionally intelligent person, because it helps you navigate this actual current world, right? I spoke about men and women being in the workplace at a higher rate than ever before. So this is brand new and we're still adjusting to it. So it's in your best interest to continue to adjust, continue to learn. I actually found this article and and the benefits of what you can get out of cross-sex relationships was brought up. But I found this article really, really interesting because it brought up different points. Um, this was the article that I read that actually put it in my head that, oh, okay, like I, I didn't recognize that this is friendships between men and women is a relatively new thing. And you think about how the brain adjusts to just like being in new situations. Generationally speaking, even if you're born in this generation and it's quote unquote normal, we still have other people in our lives, parents, friends, whomever, who are subconsciously projecting these old ways. Mm. So I think that these cultural norms are still clashing. I do think it's going to get to a point where it's just quote unquote normal, but we're like in the midst of like this weird change and we're evolving. I agree. Um, because even like in, in prepping for this episode, I was thinking so much about how Gen Z in particular really breaks out of the norms of everything. They, you know, when it comes to gender norms, like you see, you know, young men wearing nail polish and like they're, you know, identify at a higher rate as part of the LGBTQ community or as gender neutral. And they're mm -hmm. kind of like, fuck all of these boxes or all of these things that y'all have created. Like, I don't want to exist in these silos. I want to just be me. Like if I want to dress quote unquote like a guy one day and then I want to wear like a, a hot dress to the club the next like I'm gonna do that shit right and like and yeah. it doesn't mean anything so I feel like I agree with you a lot because I think that Gen Z is gonna be that generation that's like fuck what y'all have been doing this is what we think this is what we like this mm -hmm. is how we want to exist we're not gonna confine ourselves mm -hmm. and um, hopefully that's the door moving forward I think the kids are onto something probably <laughs> you know and and without a doubt, we helped get it there, right? Like, mm -hmm. so shit that they do, it does, it, it doesn't fit in my uh, mental box. And I, right. I it like, I'm like, ah, stops me in my tracks. I'm like, ooh, that's different. And it brings up so many things for me, but for them, it just flows. So imagine what their mm -hmm. kids are going to right. experience. So I do think it takes a little bit of time for it to become normal. In the article, they actually referenced research done on, it's a small research and I wouldn't just put like my full faith in it, but it is interesting. I, I like the the findings, so I wanted to, to talk about it. So they basically took men and women um, who were friends with each other and these men and women agreed to not discuss the outcomes, right? Cause confidentiality, because you don't want to know like, oh, what if they find out? Uh, to not discuss the outcomes of what was discussed. The researchers found that women were actually most of the time not attracted to their their like their man friends um and they really did view the relationship as platonic but it wasn't no. <laughs> it's crazy so the men who men actually had more romantic feelings for their woman friends right so when i say romantic feelings i'm talking about sexual attraction physical attraction emotional i want to be with them even if you just would have sex with them that's romantic feelings it's and this is the best part. This is the absolute best part. They were more <laughs> so mad right now. You're like, this is great, and I'm like, <gasps> no, it's juicy. That's why. So they're <laughs> so they were more attracted to to their their women counterparts, right, as friends, and 
they mistakenly believe that their friend felt it too. So that oh would put them. Oh my god! I knew it. I knew that's where we were going with this shit. That would put them in a position to actually act on their feelings because they're just in their little minds. Sorry, man. Uh, not sorry. Uh, just assuming that this that their their woman friend feels the same thing. They're just like, yeah, I feel it. She feels it. Awesome. Yo, but you know, you know why I was like, I feel like if I was like, if she goes in this direction, I'm gonna be so upset. So the reason why is, like, sometimes I'll go on dates and I, not recently, but, like, in the past, like, I've been on the dating apps and stuff like that. And sometimes, like, we have, like, good banter, texting or messaging. And then I see, and then this is a, this is an issue that I have, so I'll, I'll own it. Then I'll see the guy and then, like, I feel like the energy is not what I had expected it to be. And I, I, I like I said, I'll, I'll, I'll own it because I think, like, sometimes I build things up in my head. And then when it happens in person, I'm like, oh, this is disappointing. But I also am of the thought, like, even if I'm like in my head, like at the beginning of the day, I'm kind of like, oh, I'm not attracted. Like, I'll still give it a chance um, and I'll still be like kind and friendly and like laugh and ask him, you know, like about himself. Because apparently, like, I just the, the amount of men that are like surprised that I ask them about their lives, like, I'm like do y'all do does no one ask you questions about yourself like i'm just really surprised um but anyways i might just be nosy but the counselor in you because you are one you're right oh my gosh (laughs) not sasha coming for me again live on the fucking podcast holy shit you're right i'm gonna have to sit with that one i'm gonna have to sit with that one um but anyways whatever like we have a a great day and then like at the end of it they're like oh you know like I really liked you I think we vibe very well I was like yeah you know like not really and they seem very confused and they were like but you know like but you were you know we were laughing I'm like yeah because I wasn't gonna be a bitch like Mm -hmm. like was I supposed to be like mean to you was I supposed to ignore you was I supposed to be on my phone the whole time like I mean I I see it as an opportunity to get to know someone new like even if I'm not interested in you maybe that my philosophy is what causes the confusion but I'm like are women just mean to y'all when they're not interested like can't I just be kind for the sake of being kind like I don't know so I think like that kind of annoys me a little bit I get it. it, and it's it's it annoy, and I see why it would annoy you, right? Because it kind of puts this level of extra work on you, like you have to be something that you're not, so that they can get a message, right? Because mm. you can't be nice out here, because then they're gonna think that you want they they can get in your pants. Like I sound like my mom when I say that, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, like it, it brings up a little bit of work for you, uh, extra than on their end, uh, because they're just out here assuming that oh, I feel it, she feels it too. So then, you know, it kind of feels like you have to do the work to be like, no, absolutely not. I think it does take, I I would like to get to a point where both parties are willing to do the work. But it's interesting because this study and this article and a lot of articles talk about it. It talks about the idea of a friend zone and like that. It's probably right. Right. So when men get friend zone, like, yo, they they know it. And And I also think it relates to this just social education that women have of like, I'm going to put you in the friend zone real fucking fast. And, yo, I've done it. I have keywords. I have ways of acting. I know what I would and wouldn't do. I do think that this speaks to the different factors of having a cross-sex relationship. It also shows, like, how nuanced it is, like you said in the beginning. And it and you have to really think about, like, what 
is affecting this relationship overall. And you do have to put a little more work than you would your your same-sex friendships. I think that men are okay with staying in the friend zone sometimes um, because they're almost like waiting for their opportunity to, I guess, be more than friends to the point where sometimes, like, let's say, like, I, I was maybe dating a guy, maybe even beyond that first date, and then I decide, like, oh, like, I'm not interested. You know, sometimes they're like, can we stay friends? And I remember saying yes, because I was like, oh, you're cool. I just don't want to date you and then um having to be very specific about the boundaries that I set and like having to have conversations about like what's what is a friendship type of relationship to me versus what is maybe actually happening in in the in the relationship so like you know like let's say we go out um then I'm like okay like I'm gonna pay half right because if we were two girlfriends I wouldn't expect for you to pay my bill, right? Yeah. Like I like if I go out with Sasha, I'm always expecting to go 50-50, right? Yeah. Um, but then like when I would go out with them, they're like, oh I got it. And I'm like, no, it's okay. Like I can pay for it myself. But I think it's like th- they're kind of like, no, like I'll pay the bill, almost kind of like to to kind of get me accustomed to being in a relationship almost. Like it, it's like this kind of like mind fucked situation. And I remember always having to be very like clear and strict about the boundaries. Um, Cause I'm like, if you were out with your guy friends, you wouldn't be paying for them. Right. Like that, that's not the expectation. So I just felt like I had to stop putting guys in the friend zone and just be like, yeah, we're just not, going to have a relationship if I don't like if I didn't think that they were mature enough to like have a very clear line like we're friends now and there's no crossing that yeah I but I love that you spoke so yo we're like super connected because the next thing I was going (laughs) to talk about was being mature and how you being a certain age um, will affect your maturity level to actually engage in these kinds of relationships so if you really think about it like when you're in elementary or high school or even college depending on where you're at uh, developmentally, men and women can be friends. Because um, I used to hang out in groups and it was cool and we would call each other. Da, da, da. But apparently when you start feeling like you're wanting a relationship, like a long-term stable relationship, that's when shit gets a little messy, which it makes a lot of sense. I don't think I have to explain why. So I also think that your maturity level has to be there in order for you to sustain these relationships. Like it, it's not just going to happen, right? So it, it, when you're thinking about the different factors that could affect it. Do you know yourself well enough to understand your role and their role in a relationship? So like, I I believe a lot of my relationships with men work because of the fact that I know myself and I choose people who are aware too. But you you have to initially first have that awareness piece, don't you think? Mm -hmm. And then in order to continuously to be mature, like you have to examine the friendship, you have to look and understand like, okay, I can't show up this way, right? So like, kind of like what you spoke to, like I can't give, I can't give you that right to pay for my bill because then it's like a slippery slope. Right. These are things that we, I think we all like intuitively understand because we are living in this culture, in this society. I think asking yourself why and how, like, so the why and the how, right? And this is my favorite piece. Why am I their friends? Why am I engaging with them this way? Why do I want a part of them the way I, I look for it, right? Like, am I, t- am I looking for something more? How am I showing up? And what does that say about me and my own feelings? 
because your actions and the way you're approaching things, it's just an expression of what you're feeling inside. So there, that level of maturity has to be there so that you are aware of what you're feeling and how you're moving in that relationship. So yeah, I think that it's interesting that you bring up the maturity piece, because for me, when I was thinking about this question, it was like, I think that there, for me, there's a difference when you're single and when the other person is single. Uh, and I think like, when you're in a opposite sex type of friendship and both parties are single, then for me, I think it comes down to maturity, like exactly what you said, like the maturity to distinguish between physical attraction. Cause I think you can be physically attracted to someone or think someone is good looking and not act on it. Right. And then mm-hmm. being able to understand that, like, Someone could be attractive and I can be their friend and those those two things can exist out to, at the same time, but outside of each other. They don't have to come together. So I, I do think that it comes down to maturity. I also think that when you add the nuance of one or the other person, right, whether it's the man or the woman, being in a in a relationship. Um, like when the other when one of the one or the other is in a romantic relationship, then I think it changes the dynamic a little bit. Cause I will say that's the time where like even if I have a friendship with someone, like a man, and I know that they're in a relationship, that'll severely like change how I interact with them, even though I know that we're platonic friends and even though I know that you know, like there's nothing going on, I think out of like respect to the other woman. I, I kind of shift my behaviors, even though my, my intention was never for it to be more than friendship. Absolutely. I think that when your friends are in relationships, like your relationship changes, no matter how you mm-hmm. started, right? Like, so like, mm-hmm. you know, so with Sean, right? This guy, I was when I met him, I was in a relationship, a long-term relationship with my first boyfriend and we were together for 10 years. So Sean saw me with my ex-boyfriend for almost five years. So we established our relationship in the time that I had uh, Mm -hmm. a romantic partner. So if you really think about it, the way we got used to interacting with with each other was based off of me being in a relationship. And it's interesting because I I did find a study that talked about how... (laughs) I did find a... (laughs) Of course I did. I found a study that talked about how... um, so men, both men and women will have higher expectations of their romantic partners. So if you think about it, if I met somebody when I was in a relationship with whomever, I have my emotional needs expectation mindset towards that person. So I'm not placing that on the other person. And me and this guy were friends for five years and I was in a relationship and I still don't place that on him. Like I still play that out. It's become our norm. So I think that has a lot to do with it as well. Are your emotional needs being met? Exactly. Just outside of that relationship, yeah. And I'm looking for them to be met within the friendship or in a romantic partner, right? But it's going back to what you said. Like, I think that when... So when Sean got into a relationship, yo, I was like, I respect you. I don't know you, miss. Uh, I'm going to be (laughs) the best, uh, best friend girl there is out there because I didn't want to lose my friendship with him. And I understood that because I wouldn't want things I would never do things that I wouldn't want done to me because yo right some people are disrespectful as fuck right and I think that's that's kind of why I was like I think it's one thing for men and women when they're both single to talk about these types of friendships but it's different when like there's a partner involved for either one of them so I love what you said about 
are your emotional needs being met? Because I think that sometimes maybe that's what can be confusing for men. If a woman is going to them to get their emotional needs met Mm -hmm. and they, that might be where they confuse like, well, she's coming to me for these things. Like clearly it has to be more, right? Because you would think, I mean, maybe in in a man's mind, he thinks, well, like she has girlfriends. So why aren't they meeting those emotional needs? Right. Like, why are you coming to me for those when I mean, I don't know. I don't know what male I don't know what bromances, what male friendships are, are like. I feel like we'd have to have a man in the conversation. But I wonder what their expectations of their male friendships are. Like, do they get their emotional needs met with with other men, like within those relationships or do they? Um, not go there uh, mm. with those with those friendships um, but I will say I think with my best friend I think like once he was in a relationship and once he got married I think like the transition of our friendship was a drastic one because my best friend left to another country lived in another country for an, a year um, so that that impacted our friendship and then when he came back he was in a relationship so then, you know, like there was a lot that was kind of like playing against our friendship because me and my best friend used to have best friend Sundays. And like every Sunday we would hang out, like, you know, like we would do things in the city. I feel bad because a lot of times he had to come to Brooklyn because I refused to go to Queens. <laughs> um. <laughs> Not happy. I may be a Brooklyn resident right now, but I'm a Queens girl at heart forever. whatever um but no and then I remember when he came back like you know obviously he was spending more of his time with you know his now wife um which I understood but I think also like because for so long our friendship um people used to assume that we were more Mm. than so like his wife came in thinking the same thing like who like what's the nature of this relationship and I remember having to be very intentional about stepping back because at the end of the day like even though that that wasn't what I wanted I I had to like recognize for myself like I love my best friend Mm. And this is someone who he wants to be with. She needs to feel emotionally safe in this relationship. So what is my role in, you know, helping her to feel emotionally safe? And I think, like, ultimately, with certain things, I kind of, like, fell back. Um, And then once she got to know me and, like, now I have a good relationship with her, I think that we've kind of gotten back at least to a norm where we can talk a little bit more than than we used to at the beginning of their relationship. But I agree, like, it's kind of like one of those things where you have to be mindful of the partner, um, too, and how they could potentially feel. I think emotional intelligence also means, like, thinking about other people and how they're perceiving things and how does that affect them. And the emotional intelligence piece doesn't necessarily have to be just from the best friend to the part to the best friend's partner. It has Mm -hmm. to also be from the person in the relationship to this person. Mm -hmm. Right. So my my boy, Roberto, when I met him, I was in my second relationship and I felt an immediate connection to him and I wanted to get to know him and I was curious. And but me being me with my experience, because I have done that before where I just you know, I had an instance where I was just like super clingy to this one guy and he would always flirt with me, but I never, ever paid mind to it. And that was a choice of mine because I think I look back now, I'm like, Sasha, you knew. And and I do think that we know. <laughs> and one day he made a move and I was like, no, I don't see you that way. Yo, 
he we were supposed to take the train home together and everything. He fucking cursed me out. He left me at the train station by myself with reason. Oh I let him the fuck on. I let him on. And so ever since then, I've always been very mindful, like, nah, I'm going to place boundaries. And I think being mature is also understanding that you have to place boundaries. So with this guy, Roberto, I, I remember when we met and we were just like constantly speaking. I met him at my job, actually. I would be like, yo, I love you like my brother. Right. Like, I was like, clear line right there. And he even right. told me in a future conversation we had, he was like, yo, I understood exactly what you were trying to do. And I was like, well, thank God. Because mm, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And he accepted it. No, I think that's solid on both of you. Because, right. Because I think he also needed to be in a place where he could very clearly receive that message and not take offense to it. Yeah. And also, that speaks to. <sighs> Like you said, the emotional intelligence, but like you have to understand that if you're going to choose to be, to act on and feel safe emotionally with a person of the opposite sex, like you have to really figure out where you're heading, what makes you feel comfortable and where your boundaries are going to be. Absolutely. And I think also um, something that continues to feed this question of like men and women, can they be friends? I think is also... Like, you know, and we, we've said this, like, we perpetuate it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because whenever we see a man and a woman together, we automatically assume that it is more, right? Um, or when you kind of start, because I have one male friendship <laughs> where things got a little messy last night where they were like, I had a dream about you. And I was like, oh, this is a sign. This is a sign. Oh, this is like <laughs> recent? Like, what was yeah, last night. Oh, God, I'll just tell is, you about it. This is juicy. <laughs> wait, till we, wait till we get off this recording. Because <laughs> I'm not about to out my business like that. Like, I give y'all a lot of me. But, um, but and no, we um, are done with the podcast. So I can figure out what. Sasha's <laughs> like, fuck the fuck closing this out. Fuck the outro. We done. Because I need to hear the juice. <laughs> I so one of my guy friends who I was kind of like suspecting it might be like he might have feelings text me last night talking about he um had a dream about me which is already a sign that we might be mismatched because when he told me about the dream I was like that's not a friendship dream um <laughs> that's uh, potentially more than a friendship dream I also feel like I did not get the full dream mm. which I'm glad I didn't because mm-hmm. I I don't want to know. But um, I think also, well, one, us being honest and setting those boundaries, but two, for us to stop assuming those things. Like, I remember how annoying it was to always hear the rumors about my best friend and I. And I was like, y'all don't even know. Like, homeboy has a whole crush on someone else, like, that we always talk about. But y'all go the fuck off about how you think that him and I have you know, something also, it's like, if we, if we had something going on, why would it be a secret? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, why is it that that's the case? And I also think that the reason why we even had to talk about what men and women relationships are like, when someone's in a relationship is because I I think a lot of times, like people step out and they use this whole like, oh, that's just my friend. You know, when they're they're cheating and stuff like that. And I, I mean, granted, cheating is a whole nother uh, conversation. But I also feel like there we have to have respons- more responsibility to each other when it comes to these things. And I feel like, you know, that's why I'm 
why I very aggressively step back when I, one of my male friends is in a relationship, one of my, yeah, one of my male friends is in a relationship. It's because like, yo, like I really don't, well, one, I don't want to be on the receiving end of those fucking rumors anymore. Cause I did that shit for years and it was annoying as hell. And two, I think it's also like, how do we as women kind of like protect each other and help each other feel a little bit more safe? Yeah. I actually think that I've met more men who are willing to respect the partner. Most of my guy friends, they become super cool with my partner and they, you know, they, they become their friend first and right. they, you know, they show them I'm not threatening. I respect you. I, I let, just, Hey, watch out for her because I love her. Like that's the most anyone has ever imposed themselves into the relationship. I agree with you. It's so Roberto, I mean, he, Actually, I spoke about it with Sean, too. And I speak about it with the other guy friends I mentioned. Like, I, I have a an open process. So I guess that's communication, right? I openly process what we mean to each other consistently. This is not just like, oh, we had that conversation already two years ago. No, this conversation keeps coming up because I think that I don't. It's funny now that I'm recognizing now that I'm thinking about it. I think that we all recognize that things fluctuate and they change. Mm -hmm. And just because it started at A is it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to stay at A. It could be at A3 or maybe it's at fucking X. And you're like, hold on. How did we get here? Right. Like we have to go through the steps together. And a big part of that is communication, which is important in any kind of relationship. But when you're maneuvering these I'm going to call it a very sensitive relationship because I don't think it's natural. It's funny. At first, I was like, oh, that's not true. When I first started doing the research, I was like, I don't think it's, I think it's natural. I think it's possible. But after reading, after asking other people, I don't, like, I've changed my mind. I don't think it is natural. I think you have to be very intentional with it. And communication is a huge piece of it. I mean, I'm, I'm going to have to take that into consideration. I don't necessarily think that it's natural, natural, because I don't have, like, a ton of guy friends but yeah I think like you're giving me a lot of food for thought and I hope that our listeners (laughs) take this as food for thought I do want to point out that like communication is not just necessary when it comes to the opposite sex relationships like these cross-sex relationships it's necessary for any relationship any friendship mm-hmm. like crystal and i we do that whole process of like checking in are, are you here are you an a3 are you an x like okay let's bring <laughs> us back to to midway point right this is not just for the cross-sex relationships but if you need to do that with all your relationships imagine how much more necessary it is for a relationship that can be taken that can be misconstrued or be seen as or be seen ambiguously right um do not assume and I, I love this saying, and it's such an old school saying. But when you assume, you make an ass out of you and me. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. Really, let it be brave with your feelings. Like, these are your feelings. They're valid. When you get to, like, a position where you can speak about these things and get over whatever it is that both of you are feeling, it's not even conflict anymore. It's just conversation. Yeah, and I agree. And I think um something else that I should have mentioned when we were talking about the, you know, what happens when you're friends with someone who's in a relationship. I also think like being able to discern and communicate also with your with your partner, right? Like if you're the one who's in a relationship and your partner has friends of the opposite sex, like what is the nature of their relationship? Because I remember I dated someone, uh, he used to work as a paramedic. He had a lot of... um you know, obviously when you're a paramedic, you have a partner, right? Like you can't be out there on your own. And a lot of his partners were women. And when you think about the fact that 
paramedics and EMS and all that stuff, they spend 12 hours together. And that's if the shift ends on time, because a lot of times their shifts would go over. Um, So he ended up making a lot of friendships with women, right? So I had to be able to discern, like, those relationships you know, obviously because of work, they've had an opportunity to bond. But also I remember he had, uh, he had women who he was friends with since before our relationship started. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, and I was like, no, like these are just genuine friendships. Like I never felt threatened by them because like there was just a part of me and maybe it's just my intuition that was like, these friendships are very much mutual. And even though I'm not with um, my ex now, like he's still friends with those fem- those women who he was friends with before. So it's kind of like, I was right about, you know, about that. And I never felt the need to talk to him about it, about those women um, that he was friends with. But I feel like if I did, then I should have the ability to openly communicate about how I feel about those relationships. And then I, so I love the communication piece about having that communication with all your friendships, but also being able to communicate with your partner about how that makes you feel. And it goes back to what you said earlier about knowing yourself and like, why do you feel threatened? And why do you feel, you know, whatever is coming up for you that is potentially, I don't want to say negative, but it's coming up in terms of making you doubt and making you feel uncertain. Um, Cause it, it may not be the, it may not be the friendship. I mean, it may be the friendship. It may not be the friendship, but sometimes it might also be something within your relationship with your partner. Yeah. Or the, the their stuff that, you know, the, the stuff that they bring to the right. table and they project, like mm-hmm. it's worth getting to know. Uh, it's worth getting mm-hmm. like, this goes back to what we always say, right? Like, this is why you have to do the work. Because if you don't, like something as that's already messy, like cross-sex relationships, is going to get messier. And your shit is going to eventually get involved. And then other people's shit gets involved if they're, if they're in a relationship, right? Like it gets real fucking messy. Like, so yo, this is exactly why I think you should do the work and go see a therapist. Just get to know yourself. Like, <laughs> yo, it's true though. Like this is why, like it doesn't sound like good enough reason, but it is. Because it takes the messy out of your life. Or it makes it a little bit more messy, and then it'll be less messy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in the long-term goals here, this is long-term. In the long-term, absolutely, yes. Yes. In the long-term, yes. Well, that was our episode. I hope that you all enjoyed today's conversation. Y'all better hit us up on Instagram and the emails. We want to hear your opinions. We want to hear about your experiences. How have you navigated uh, friendships with someone who identifies as the opposite sex as you? What happens when you're in a relationship and you have those friendships? Let us know. You can follow us on Instagram at nevertoldospod or email us at nevertoldospod at gmail.com. And don't forget to come back next week so we can tell you what they never told us.